This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Indoors or out, summer, fall, winter, and spring. Whatever you garden, wherever you garden, this is the show that covers it all. The AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, sponsored by Scott's. Grow the world you want with help from Scott's. Hello and a good Saturday morning to you. Here we are. On an August the, what, 14th. And it's a gorgeous, gorgeous day. And that gorgeous voice belongs to the gorgeous Charlie oh, Dobbin. <laughs> you are so wonderful. Well, I'm looking for a free coffee as well. Yeah, I can tell you. <laughs> looking for something, that's for sure. I'm Frank Proctor, and uh, I'm the sous chef or undergardener of the show. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're looking forward to uh, receiving lots of phone calls today. We are. Yeah. And, of course, we have been receiving some emails. Um, I was not here last week. Yeah, nor was I. Nor were you, nor was Grace. Welcome yeah. back, Grace. And uh, Dana, hi, and to, welcome hi to, to Dana. There she's to Dana, uh, in yeah. the other room there, too. Yeah, that's right. So we got big support out there. Oh, Can't tremendous. go wrong. Might, maybe you should give the numbers just in case someone wants to call and Gee, chat with Dana. I will do that. Or and Glor- before I give the numbers, let me get the mantra oh, of the show, okay? Call early, call early. Often, one question per call, and you guys toward the end of the show try to sneak an extra question. <laughs> Don't do that. No. Get your hands slapped. Okay. Uh, phone number's in Toronto, 416-360-0740. And then anywhere else in the province, it is toll-free, my friends, one 740 Okay. This is a busy time of year. We're kind of... Cranking up towards CNE time mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff. Now, what do gardeners have to kind of keep in mind? Well, we're looking at the, I mean, what happened? How did it become the middle I of August? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> we're looking at the end of the the big sort of season, of course, harvest of all yeah. of our lovely vegetables mm-hmm. and herbs. I've been out there cutting tomatoes. Actually, I've got a thing going on in my neighborhood. We're exchanging across the street because everybody's got too much of what they grew. <laughs> so I have yeah. a neighbor bringing me pears and zucchini because, of course, there's always too much zucchini. And I'm trading off peppers and eggplant and tomatoes. Tomatoes, yeah. Yep, yep. So, uh, yeah, so we've got some good things going on locally with the with the produce. Well, I pa- passed by the uh, St. Lawrence Market mm-hmm. this morning on the way uh, into work. Crazy. Busy, busy. Unbelievable. Yes. And the, but oh, the produce looks great. Beautiful. It's been yeah. a great growing year. Mm-hmm. We've had enough moisture. I mean, it's been up and down, but yeah. generally speaking, we've had enough moisture. Uh, the heat, no shortage of heat, which is perfect when it comes to actually getting some, some you know, yeah. serious fruits and vegetables off of the plants. The one thing is that the, the moisture has been a little bit sporadic. So you do have to remember consistent moisture is important in order to really, um, you know, for example, the tomatoes, yeah. the, if, if they suffer for lack of water, mm-hmm. uh, and then all of a sudden you water them, the skin tends to split. Um, same with the peppers. They get all kind of woody and, and brown, wrinkly stuff going on. Just a woodiness to them yeah. if they suffer from too little water and then too much water and back and forth. So try, you know, aim for consistency if you can. Consistency. That's the name <laughs> of our game. That's uh, us. Okay, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, now you had some emails. Here, oh, just uh, quickly, yeah. a couple of things to mention. 
Uh, uh, thank you, obviously, for last week. Um, Dennis Flanagan was here for yes. me, and Robbie Lane was here for you, and Dan was here for Grace. So thanks to all those guys. I hope it all went well. Um, something fun that's happening tomorrow in the Toronto area, Evergreen Brickworks, which is the under construction old brickworks right on the Bayview Extension. We're down by Todd Morton Mills. Exactly. Yeah. Pottery Road mm-hmm. area. Um, now tomorrow they are having the Wild Blueberry Festival. Ooh, no so this kidding. is this is cool. From eleven till four, there will be events going on all day. This includes a blueberry pie bake off. Oh. It's open to anybody who is either professional or amateur baker. If you think you make a good blueberry pie, you take it down tomorrow oh. with a copy of the recipe. They're going to have celebrity chefs doing all kinds of tasting, and there will be big prizes for the winners of the best blueberry pies. And the Wild Blueberry Festival oh. is, be, is so much better than the Tame Blueberry Festival. Oh, <laughs> beats it far and away, you know? It's, well, interesting you bring that up. Oh, yes. I just came back from the North Country, where it's all about wild blueberries. Yeah, yeah. There are no domesticated blueberries <laughs> up there. It's you, all wild. You have to work at it to get those berries. You do. Right? You yeah. got to, man, just rawhide them down. And boy, are they good, though. It was really, we had a nice little holiday, nice weather, and lots of good blueberries. Oh, so that maybe. was fun. All right. Um, what else? Um, oh, uh, your email uh, address here at the my station. My address is my first initial C and last name Dobbin. So C D O B B I N at am740.ca where you can receive us not only on the internet and on just regular am740 in your radio mm-hmm. but now if you're a Rogers cable subscriber it's channel 949 we come in crystal clear that's right and you can also hear the show if you've missed a show mm-hmm. because you were on holidays just remember you go to itunes.com yeah. and uh, just put in the garden show or put in Frank Proctor or I'm Charlie I'm going to do that and check it out and see how good last uh, week Robbie went. was and if I have to be worried for my job or something. He's here. still the under, uh, under, under gardener. Is he don't the under, under gardener? Yeah, okay. Yeah, <laughs> All right, good. Okay, we're getting the sign from Grace. She's got the flags out, like you know, bringing the planes in out mm. at uh, Pearson. Okay, we got to take a little, uh, little split here for some fine words. You're listening to the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, sponsored by Scott's, makers of EcoSense Weed Be Gone, the new way to kill weeds. And the time is 9.14 here at AM740, Zoomer Radio, phone number is 416-360-0740, and out of town, anywhere in the province, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. And folks are anxious uh, anxious to talk to you this morning, Charlie. Mm-hmm. In fact, uh, Brenda out there in Dundas just doing a little dance one for the other, saying, come on, come on, i got a question here. Okay, let's get you. Hi, Brenda, how are you doing? <laughs> Hello, Brenda. Hello, is Brenda there? Good. Uh, just a minute. We're getting a sign here. Oh, there we are. Brenda, good I got morning. you. Yeah, good morning. My question is about soil. Mm-hmm. I've just cleared a whole lot of weeds. There were just an area that's choked completely with weeds. Mm-hmm. And it looks like the earth hasn't been touched for many years. Mm-hmm. Um, how do I, like, what do I do? Do I put compost on it? How do I get it ready for planting vegetables next year? Well, if it's really full of weeds, I would not add a lot of good soil because you're just going to encourage those weeds to grow bigger and fatter and juicier. Mm. So first, you've got to eliminate the weeds. Right. Now, I've, done, I've done that, Charlie. Oh, sorry, you have. So it's, it's bare earth. Mm. Oh, gosh. So, and you said it, had, it looked like it hadn't been dug in a long time, mm. so it was like serious yeah. concrete, was it? 
Uh, well, it's, uh, there's a, it's stony underneath, but mm-hmm. it's bordered on one side by some lovely flocks and day lilies. Mm-hmm. And then there's an open area and just a frost fence. Okay. And it looks like it's well drained. Good. But I just don't know what to do with it. Well, main thing, like, as you recognize, is to amend the soil with lots of good quality organic material. All right. Now, do you make your own compost at all at home? Yes, do you... I do, but oh. not, not enough to cover this bit. It's never enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we start with a huge pile and it shrinks right down. So for sure, plan whatever you've got you know, in your composter to go into that area. Mm-hmm. As well, you'll, you'll have to consider purchasing. And what I would be purchasing, particularly if you're thinking about vegetables, is well-composted uh, cattle manure. Okay. To mix in. Not, not, you don't have to dig deep because no. I, I'm kind of a lazy gardener. I look for the easiest way to do things. What I would do is a couple of things is get some manure in there if you can, as much as an inch of manure for the whole entire space. Mm-hmm. And the way you work that out, you know, if you want to figure out the, mind you, when you buy manure in a bag, it's usually by the liter. So you just kind of have to eyeball six, 10, 12 bags. If you're buying it by the yard, mm-hmm. then we know that a yard is. It's a cubic yard, so it measures, you know, a yard by a yard by a yard. And if you want to go one inch deep, then you just do the math to figure out it into cubic inches and then flip it into from cubic wait, inches to, to wait, yards. I, I think I can do that bit with a little help with my tape measure. Yeah, um, exactly. I, but, I'm afraid of burns. When you use cattle manure, don't you doesn't it burn the plant? Not if it's well composted. Because right. a, a composted manure is like a very rich soil. Right. A fresh manure is uh, definitely far too hot mm-hmm. yeah, and will burn. And that is something you don't want, partially because you don't want the smell. It's very sticky, um, but also because it'll be too hot. But one of the things I, I love to do, and it's very inexpensive, if you have oak trees, maple trees, whatever deciduous trees in your yard, in your near, you know, near neighbor's yards... Everybody's going to be bagging up their leaves this fall. Uh Grab some of those bags, bring them over, dump them on top of the area where you're planting the vegetable garden, and then throw your manure on top of that or your compost on top of that. Let that all percolate down. The leaves will decompose very nicely as long as they're kept a little bit moist and you've got some something like manure to help feed the bacteria to oh. create the you know the speed up the decomposition and you can get some real good soil very quickly just with, with using leaves. So I need compost, I need cattle manure, I need leaves. Yep. Right. Thank You've you. got a great project ahead of you. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I've got some great big sons and grandsons. That Perfect. Oh, very Perfect. good. How Let to delegate. That's yes. great. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Thank Thanks. you. Okay, Brenda calling in from Dundas. Let's see where we're heading next here. Let me see. Oh, it's uh, Dorothy in Toronto. Hi, Dorothy. How are you? Fine, thank you. Um, my neighbors threw out their rose bushes because they're building a skating rink for hmm. hockey this winter. Mm-hmm. So I grabbed two of the bushes. They're climbing rose bushes, and I planted them in the back next to my own. Mm-hmm. And they seem to be dying. And okay. I don't know what to do. I gave them rose food, and I watered them. Okay, so a um, couple of things. It's a very, very, very hard to plant or particularly transplant in the heat of the summer. And we've just been going through some hot, hot weather. So any plant that's being transplanted at this time of year is going to show some shock, some stress, some uh, drooping leaves, etc. You can help with this process, this stressful process for any transplanted plant by doing a couple things. Do not use a regular fertilizer like a rose food. So put that right away. Any, The only kind of fertilizer you would use if you're transplanting or planting anything right now, is something that will encourage root growth because it's all about getting some new roots out. Bone meal, 
is the is the traditional uh, high phosphorus fertilizer that you can use, or Plant Start or Quick Start or any of the transplanter fertilizers. Again, high middle number encourage those roots. When, during the transplanting, some roots got left behind. So traditionally, we will cut down the plants, the above ground parts of the plants, by as much as a third or more, even half. Take away some of those stems, take away some of the leaves, eliminate some of the transpiration and the surface area in which the plant will dehydrate while it's putting out the roots. So it's a cut back the top growth in order to, ha- to help with this transition. Don't worry. It, ultimately, once it gets rooted, it will cl- you know, send more canes up and, and climb. But first, you've got to get those roots down. So water, 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 some transplanter fertilizer, and like I say, just eliminate a lot of that top growth, even if it means cutting it right down in half. Well, do I uh, put this uh, liquid transplanter on it now, like uh, on top of the earth, or do I dig it up? Oh, no, don't do any digging up. What you would do is just mix up the liquid transplanter in your watering can, and next time it's time to water, water thoroughly with that fertilized water. I see. Okay. And how much? Um, Well, if you've got one of those big watering cans, they're like seven-liter cans. I would suggest that it's at least a, a full can for the two bushes or half a can each. Yeah. And err on the side of too little fertilizer in your water rather than too much. So just if it's whatever it's telling you the quantity to put in, you know, measure it. But if you're going to make it any kind of error in your judgment, make the error of too little fertilizer, not too much. And I cut off the, uh, the sort of blossoms that they've got on now. Definitely. Like they didn't really, the rose bushes didn't... Uh, the flowers didn't really come out. No, they, they won't. Buds. No, they won't. And honestly, the last thing you want the plant doing is putting energy into flower bud formation or flower growth. You want all the energy going into roots. So right away, all flowers come off whenever you're transplanting, actually mm-hmm. properly, even when it comes to petunias and marigolds, all of our annuals that we buy in the garden centers in May, you're really properly supposed to take all the flowers off before you transplant because it's all about the roots to start with. So definitely remove the flowers and, like I say, cut the canes down as well. Fine. Thank you ever so much. You're welcome, Dorothy. Thank you. Thank you, Dorothy, calling in from Toronto. We're going to be going to uh, Mississauga and talk to Jean in just a moment. But at uh, 921, we have to take a little bit of a break. I need to fill up my coffee cup. (laughs) And, uh, of course, there's more wine in the uh, fridge for for Charlie. (laughs) Okay, we'll be back in just a moment. gardening advice you've come to the right place the am 740 garden show with charlie dobbin sponsored by scott's the makers of miracle grow and uh, bonjour my friends uh, i am the sous chef of the garden <laughs> uh, franklin proctor here with the oh hey jean from mississauga she's got a question about uh, her maple tree i believe hello jean hello good morning good morning nice to hear you I have a question about pruning a maple tree. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about, I'd say, 20 centimeters in diameter and about 20 feet tall, and it's taking over the yard. So I was <laughs> just wondering when <laughs> a good time. Okay, so you're hoping to keep this maple tree down to a manageable size, are you? Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, okay, just know in your heart of hearts that, generally speaking, most maples want to be really big, okay. like really big. So it's going to be hard, unless it is a, a form of a dwarf maple. It, it, do you have any idea what kind of maple it is? Uh, it's just a, a normal, everyday Canadian maple. Yeah, okay. And it's, it's quite tall. It's just to keep the width mm-hmm. kind of in control. Okay. So your timing is good. You could do pruning now. Mm-hmm. Because remember with maples, we never want to do spring pruning. 
uh, they tend to weep all over the place, which will never kill the plant, but it can be a bit messy. <laughs> Frank's weeping just thinking about <laughs> uh, it. Crying right. for me. Uh, the other thing is, uh, so, so pruning now is, is, well, sorry, I shouldn't even say now because it's kind of the middle of August. Personally, I'd probably wait till September. Okay. Pruning now could encourage some new sprouts and new growth, which you really don't want to do because that's likely to be killed off in the frost. Waiting till September is a more reasonable time to do some pruning, and then the plant should not do any growing from that point. Okay. Obviously, no fertilizing now. Again, you don't want to encourage new growth. And generally speaking, if you want to keep this plant under control, don't ever fertilize it. Okay. Water, to, when we get into hot, hot, droughty situations, but otherwise don't. Um, ultimately, how many years has it been there? Do you know? I would say about 15. Yeah, okay. See, all, really, I'm, I'm a huge believer that, and particularly in, in their youth, trees should always be pruned by, by the experts, by people who know what the proper ultimate form of the plant is. Okay. Uh, you can really, really mess up the plant's shape and form and health, ultimately, by pruning them incorrectly in their youth. Uh, certified arborists are your, always your best bet when it comes to tree pruning. And the easiest way to find out uh, who's in your area who might be certified to really do a good job with this is to go to the International Society of Arborists, which is a very simple website, isaontario.com. Okay. Um, get somebody in. And what I do is I have a big Norway maple in my backyard. And sure, it provides lovely shade uh, for my, my patio table and, and my, some of my seating. But it's a big tree, and it's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. But about every five years, I bring in an arborist to raise the canopy, thin the canopy, you know, allowing light to get through so things will grow, and also keep it manageable because now it's starting to shoot out across all my neighborhood. Uh, they do get wide, those trees. You know, we're talking 50 feet wide now, and wow. it's probably only 25 years old. I'm going to ask a question here on behalf of years. the listeners. I know it's on their mind. Like, mm-hmm. is it going to cost me an arm and a leg to bring in an arborist or what? Um, the last time I brought in arbors, I think I paid them about $185, maybe oh, $200. Oh, that's not out of the, No, no okay. it's not. Oh, gosh. Every five to, years, you Yeah, every five that. years. And, and that way, the plant is being properly pruned. It's properly under control. Mm-hmm. And it's ultimately going to, it's gracing my yard, and mm-hmm. it's adding to the value of my home. Okay. Okay, rather than just kind of butchering away and randomly taking branches off hither and yon, and then, then it can be a problem because the trees can, can never grow right if they're pruned wrong in their youth. Okay. Okay. Okay, very good. Thanks Thank you for your very call. Much. Thank you very much. All right, take care of Mississauga and uh, Her- uh, uh, Mayor Hazel Miller. Uh, McCallion. McCallion, what would Miller, Miller, Toronto. Toronto. Oh, yes. <laughs> Enough of that. Okay, on we go to, uh, <laughs> going to say hi in this case to Thelma in Guelph. Hello, Thelma. Good morning, you two. Good morning. Have you had a Brilliant summer. Oh, absolutely. We have had, a, both have had terrific times, yeah. both uh, had vacations that uh, were to die for, really. That's right. Marvelous. Slowly oh. coming to an end. I know. Oh, yes. How'd that happen? I don't know. It went too quickly. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> too quickly. I have a question for you mm-hmm. in regards to a Brugmansia. Mm-hmm. When will I bring this in? How big is that Brugmansia? Well, it's actually in a pot right now. Mm-hmm. It's kind of lazy this year. It just start bloomed this week. Mm, that happens. And we're going away the end of the month. And I really want to save it because it's a beauty. It's purple and white together. Oh, lovely. Um, and I know it grows huge. <laughs> 
and I don't want to lose it. In the heat, they really can. Brumansia, the common name is Angel's Trumpet. Yes. It's a tropical plant <clears throat> with lovely drooping flowers. And as you said, it's just started to flower. Now, you mentioned you're going away at the end of the month. You're going away for an extended period? Well, yeah, we're going away for a month. We're going up to Alaska. Mm-hmm. And I'm leaving my <laughs> oldest son in charge of my flowers, Uh-oh. Lord forbid. Uh-oh. <laughs> I love the way you say that with a giggle. Yeah. Mm. Okay. And some very clear clear instructions. Right. I have notepads stuck to everything. Water this this day and water this that day. And, and you know what I, I've done when I've left plants for extended periods with non-gardeners is yeah. I put numbers on the pots. Mm-hmm. Like, like mm-hmm. even, you know, like a post-it note, right? Just yeah. stuck on the pot. So numbers 1 through 25. And then the list says pot number 1. Water every, you know, water Tuesday, you know, Friday with uh, eighth of a cup of water. Like totally clear instructions for so each one. So after a week, after taking your plant, taking care of your plants, my God, it must go on forever. Well, that's right. It's a, it's they have to. It's a very serious job to take care take care of other people's plans. But well, yes, it's all in the, when they forget. Eh? In yeah, communication yeah. of information, yeah. Well, you can always phone or email or text them and say, "Have you watered the plants?" Uh, okay. So, the main thing is, what should you do about getting it in? So, you're leaving at the end of August. You won't be back till the end of September, and you don't want to lose the plant. Hmm, that's a funny thing. I don't. Is the brumantia a bulb? No, 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 it's not. It, you, there's two ways to keep it alive over the winter. One is as a houseplant. Mm-hmm. So it will be just in a sunny window, just like we care for oleanders or hibiscus. You know, lots of sun, water as necessary. The other is to allow it to go into a semi-dormant state where we pull back on the watering quite dramatically. Uh, we also pull back on the light quite a lot. Uh, not pitch dark, but certainly lower light levels. Let it go semi-dormant. I personally find it harder to uh, to put plants into a dormant state than it is to just keep them growing, keep them happy and alive. Uh, in a sunny window, but you need to have that space and that big southern-facing solarium or, or picture window kind of situation. Do you have that to move it into? Well, I have a big west window. Mm-hmm. The only problem is it would be in my living room, mm-hmm. and I would have to put an addition on the house. Mm-hmm. I don't think my husband would be too happy about that. <laughs> well, could you move the couch and just like move the couch and let the plant take the window, or or is it re- <laughs> there really is just no room? Well, um, huh. because I'm a flower nut, yeah, yeah. Um, right now, I have to bring in 76 plants. Oh, oh my goodness. Well, so they go in the living room, mm-hmm. so everybody else yeah. sits on, out yeah. in another room. In the hall. Yeah, yeah in the washroom, <laughs> in the kitchen, you name it. <laughs> However, my plants take preference. That's right. Well, you might want to con- convince that husband of yours to do for the addition, right? The, yeah. the solarium. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought that would be a good idea. I mean, that, the, ultimately, a lot of times we do cut these things back in order to bring them in because the, of the size of them. So to cut back your Brugmansia now is to take off a lot of the flowers. Yeah. However, it's a smaller plant to bring in. The other thing is, I think you can be pretty confident that there's not going to be any serious frost before you get back, would be to leave it outside. I'd like to do that. Now, I wouldn't leave it in full sun just in case your sun wasn't around to water it daily, which it may need in a hot, sunny location. Move it into a semi-sun, you know, semi-shade, semi-sun spot where there's not too much wind so it won't dry out too much and have your sun on watering duty outside. When you get back, 
you'll be in a better position to judge, you know, the, the cutting back and the where are we going to move it to inside the home. But honestly, the kind of summer we've been having and the, yeah. everything I'm hearing about the climate that, you know, world, the entire world is having a, a higher than average year when it comes to temperatures. I don't think we'll see any killing frost before the end of September in southern uh, Ontario. Uh, I'm hoping we don't. Yeah. That's so much. I'm sure there'll be a few I'll forget about. Yeah, well, that's it. So, I mean, that would be my suggestion is leave it and then give it a good thorough washing in September. And we'll talk more about how to bring plants in uh, when we get into that cooler temperatures. But if you need to bring it in or you just want to be absolutely sure, then you are probably going to have to do some cutting back, get it into the sunniest spot you can and have it on the list. Expect leaves to drop when it comes in because the light levels will be lower and it will not die, but it will go into a certain amount of a, a somewhat of a dormancy and a bit of a shock because the outside and inside is quite, quite different. Does Brugmansia get white fly? Uh, yes, any of them can if it's too if the humidity is too low. Mm-hmm. So stay on top of misting, or hopefully you have a humidifier. Uh, grouping your plants together can help keep the humidity high around them. Okay. Okay. Well, if, if I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times. There's nothing worse than a lazy Brugmensia. I mean, they won't sweep up, they won't vacuum, they don't do the dishes. It's just you've got a problem there. I'm telling you, I feel for you. I know. It's, it's terrible, that isn't it? Oh, name my goodness. Yeah. Okay. It sounds so pretty, doesn't it? It does. It it's does a lovely a sounding nice name. name. People sort of look at you like pardon. Yeah. <laughs> Bless you. Yeah. Yeah. What? That's quite a cold you've yeah, got exactly. there. Yeah, exactly. Brugmensia. Okay. Thank you, Selma. Thanks, Selma. Calling in from Guelph. We're going and have a great the... trip. Yeah. A month oh, in Alaska. Man, is that nice sound... time to go. Lots yeah, of lights. Yeah, lots of ice for the drinks. No oh. problem. Nine. <laughs> 34 of the time here, AM 740. <laughs> We're zipping off to Port... Oh, our old buddy Jimmy is on the line from Port Colborne. Hey, Jimmy, how are you? Well, I didn't go anywhere for two weeks. I got a fourth-degree burn in my leg, and I'll tell you, I've never had so much pain in my life. Uh, uh, this isn't the doctor show here. This is <laughs> the garden show, Jimmy. Uh, what, do you, what have you got for us? Yeah, I just want to ask you a question. Uh, I wiped up the, the, uh, uh, the uh, snails with the Scott's uh, slug and bait next. <laughs> Excellent. But I want to ask you a question. Mm-hmm. I still got wiped out in the cucumbers. Now I've seen a beetle or something on the on the leaves. Mm-hmm. Ask, uh, Charity, what is it? A little teeny black thing with yellow stripes to them. Oh, a little. With yeah, the... they go right up inside the vine, eh? Well, Japanese beetles, except not in your area, I don't I think. think. I think that would have. Been, I don't want to just. I don't think you've got Japanese. Korean for all I know. Um, the um, so what was getting eaten? Were the leaves getting eaten, or were the well, cucumbers? I just died. Oh, the vines. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't uh, wasn't slugs either. No, cucumbers can yeah, very sensitive. get mildew. The main thing with cucumbers is get them in as plant them in as much sun and as much wind and have great air circulation in order and and don't yeah. allow them to grow on the ground. Uh, you know, give them some to grow up. Well, I got I got those uh, European spirals. I got them on it, mm-hmm. but uh, the, the the bugs. I just there's so many uh, insects on the ground you can't see them. Okay. Well, There's loads of insects. I've seen stuff in there so small. It well, away, you it's know. good life. It's you need living soil. Now yeah. we assume when we see bugs, you know, it's kind of like eek bugs. But honestly, ninety yeah. percent of the bugs you're seeing out there are beneficial and are eating other bugs. So don't assume just because you see moving insects that it's a, a bad yeah. thing. Uh, generally speaking. What does more damage to our, our plants is inconsistent watering when it comes to our vegetables yeah. and uh, us overreacting and sort of killing everything with sprays. So don't don't worry. Um, cucumbers, like I say, can be a little tricky. 
next year plan for the sunniest, windiest spot you've got. And do try and pick one of the, the cucumbers that is less likely to, to get some of the mildews that some of them do get. I know okay, they, I've had different success with cucumbers right. over the years. Have All right. Summer, folks. Thank you. Thanks okay, for your call, Jimmy. Jimmy. Have a good summer. All right. And if I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times, there's nothing worse than a sensitive cucumber. I mean, you can't talk nasty to them. You can't even look odd at them. You know, they, they rebel. They, so just take it easy. Call them, in okay? the Brugmansias. Uh, yes, exactly. They form an army. You know, it's, it's wicked. 937 here on The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin on a, a great-looking uh, Saturday morning this August it's 14th. Lovely. I can't believe I'm saying that date. It's clear, but, though, right yeah, now. It's not all yuck it, and small. It, it didn't feel like... Uh, a very high humidity. Now, mind you, that was 8 o'clock in the morning. That's right. So. It is going to get warmer. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm th- down southwest. I'm going down to London later today. Uh, my cousin's son is getting married in London, and they're talking um, 30-odd degrees, but feeling like 40 degrees oh, with the humidity. So, uh, Poor old groom in that tuxedo. Hopefully he's cool. not wearing black, or oh, hopefully gee. it's some kind of yeah, yeah. linen black or something, because, mm. yes, that's it's a bit of a tough one for the men to get dressed up uh, in. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, women and not so bad. You know, we can wear the little summery things and sandals, but the guys... you got, you got to give me a report when you come back next week on what the bridesmaids wore, because that's always the big issue. You know? Oh, my <laughs> God. They would never buy a dress like never that. Never no. in a million years. They forced me to buy this dress. Look at it. I'd so never ugly. wear it again. Yeah. 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 It should win it a happens. prize, the ugly prize. But anyway, <laughs> give me a report next week. I will. Okay. We have to take a little bit of a break here and then come back to talk to uh, Mary in Hanover here on the Charlie Dobbin Garden Show. And this, of course, is AM 740 Zoom. Radio. You're listening to the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, sponsored by Scott's, makers of EcoSense Weed Be Gone, the new way to kill weeds. 940 on a beautiful day. Thanks for joining us here. And by us, I mean Charlie Dobbin, uh, yours truly, Frank Rockter, the sous chef. We've got Grace and Dana in the other room there. Helping to keep, Bring this, it all together. keep this boat afloat, as it were. <laughs> as it were. <laughs> yeah, we'll be along to talk to uh, Gary in a moment here. But Speaking uh, of boats, yeah, oh, mm-hmm. and spe- where I was on my holiday last week was way up north. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. An hour north of North Bay. So we're talking about, what, four or five hour car ride, then a, a boat ride, mm-hmm. an hour by boat. So we're t- And 50 kilometers by boat Wow. to a very quiet little island. Uh, in all the years I've been going to this island, my family purchased this a long, long time ago. Um, the rule is, and you know, it's kind of like our mantra, right? Mm. The rule when you go up to this place in Tomogamy is if you forget something, you're up the creek, basically. <laughs> there yeah. are no stores. You just don't have it. Well, the, great, the crazy thing is never done this before, but we got there and Elliot, my husband, looks at me and he goes, I haven't seen the brown bag. <gasps> and I said, I haven't either. Uh-oh. We forgot it. So what was in the the brown bag? Well, this is an interesting story. Um, All of our reading material, um, all of his underwear and (laughs) (laughs) T-shirts and his Sierra Sill and my my creams and and lotions and ointments, which keep me looking like I'm not 147 years old. (laughs) So here we are going, oh, my gosh. I didn't have a toothbrush. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, oh, and he didn't have a razor. Anyway, so it was, 
Well, it was very cute. You should have seen him. He ran, he washed his underwear. He only got to wear underwear every second day. Oh. <laughs> so, because he had to wash and hang it to dry. And I wonder how many people are listening right now, Charlie, and they've been through the same sort of thing. They yeah. get up to that, the far reaches of the campground or wherever, and then, oh, they've forgotten. And we're sitting going, I can't believe it. We've never done that. Oh, Forgotten wow. a whole yeah. bag of, of, like, stuff. But, you know what? A lot less laundry sure. when we came home. Well, I'll bet you. Yeah. You know, he had one T-shirt and one pair of underwear. He had to keep wearing the same ones. <laughs> okay. Phone numbers here for the Garden Show and the story time is 416-360-0740 from AM740. And then uh, 1-866-740-4740. And we're coming up to 944. And let's get to the phone lines here once uh, we already promised to talk to Mary in Hanover. So, Mary, your turn. Hi. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. I have um, a, some seeds that I planted, and they're called four o'clocks, mm-hmm. and they bloom at night and close up in the daytime. Mm-hmm. Why? Oh, because that's that's why they're called four o'clocks. They, they open at four. <laughs> in the morning. Oh, no, they should open in the, in the afternoon. They don't. Oh, so you're saying they're blooming at 4 a.m.? Well, yes, I, I get up. I've been up as early as five, and they're in full bloom. Aww. And uh, they close up all day. All day. <laughs> so wacky, isn't it? <laughs> Not really. I mean, plants. Many plants respond to. To they're called phototropic, or they respond to light. The more traditional ones we think of are sunflowers. They follow the sun, right? Okay. They respond yeah. to the sun. Um, some plants only open in the sun, like gazania. Well, four o'clocks. Um, the other one, moonflowers, mm. they open at night. Oh. That, and that's why we always say they're great plants to plant. If you're somebody who is at work all day and you're only ever really out in your garden late in the day, having supper or cocktails or, you know, evening time is, is all about relaxing in the garden. Choose flowers that will open at that time. Yeah, but not at four in the morning. Well, Gee. no, four in the morning. But no, they're, those are actually opening yeah. earlier than four in the morning. They're opening as the sun is going down, they're opening. Now, and, uh, Grace, Grace should be just coming in about four exactly. in the morning to Perfect view the for, flowers. For yeah. the young people, who, <laughs> the gardeners who are, you know, 25 years yeah. and under, instead of those of us that are in bed when the sun goes that, down. That's a great story, though, Mary. Wow. Well, I, I planted them to attract um, hummingbirds, but the hummingbirds can't come because they're closed. <laughs> Yeah, well, there you go. Uh, Well, you never know. The hummingbirds could still be out there at night enjoying them. Um, And they could come early in the morning, too. That's right, as the sun's coming up. And, you know, some of the, uh, if you really do love the hummingbirds, I've, um, I'm finding quite a few hummingbirds in my garden around the Menarda or bee balm. Mm-hmm. Uh, they love anything that's kind of red or orange or bright pink, tubular. They love that. They they go crazy for that stuff. Yeah. So um, yeah, but the, good for you. I mean, four o'clocks are they're fun. They love the hot spots in the garden. So you know, you're just having a real show in the evening. That's all. Yes, that's <laughs> right. But you have to stay up late. That's yeah, right. that's. That's the only thing, yeah. Okay, oh. thank you very thanks, much. Mary. Hey, thanks, Mary. Appreciate that from okay. Hanover. <laughs> Gosh, what a what an unusual thing. You didn't know that. You don't no, know that. No, eh? honest to Pete, I didn't. Uh, no, well, there uh, you go. very very little I don't know about the garden. That, that was, was going to say. Yes. That's why yeah. you're still the sous chef, honey. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> Gary in Belgrave. Hi, good morning, and welcome along to the show here. Good morning. You two do an excellent job. <laughs> well, I know that. We try. You. Thanks. But there's an old saying: practice makes perfect. Oh, there ah. you go. <laughs> Anyway, I have a pussy willow tree. Have you ever heard of that? Of course, yeah. 
Okay. I thought I was rare. I, I've never seen one in my life. We moved to this place about 17 years ago, mm-hmm. and um, in the spring, this tree had these pussy willows all over the place. The tree's got to be about over 100 years old. Mm-hmm. It's quite, it's, um, it's huge. likely about, uh, oh, 100 feet mm-hmm. high. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's it's, a big it's, tree. It's a big, big tree. And how big is the stem on it? Um, well, the, the trunk would be, oh, likely about, uh, oh, a good 12 inches around. Mm-hmm. I've never seen anything like it. Well, it might not be as old as you think. They, well, pussy like willows pussy grow, willows, re- yeah. oh yeah, no, but I'm just saying they grow really fast. And typically in the bush, they okay. are more of a shrub. Okay. And so that's why you're thinking it's so unusual because it's a tree. But no, they, they have certainly been planted as an ornamental um, and sold as an ornamental. And if anything, there's even been a, a, a weeping pussy willows that oh, are really? used as an ornamental tree. I've never Don't seen one of these big. things either. This sounds gorgeous though. They're, well, oh, everybody really? loves the little pussies. Yeah. They're so sweet. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, I just thought I'd throttle you today. Oh, well. I knew you'd have the answer. (laughs) (laughs) I knew that. (laughs) Not a problem. Well, anyway, you two have a super, super day. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you very much, Gary. And take care of Belgrave for us. I sure will. Okay. Uh, Mary in Etobicoke next on line. And um, something to do with fertilizer. Hmm. Well, let's see uh, what the latest poop is on that. Hello. (laughs) Good morning and welcome to the show. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, what I would like to know is, the, I believe the third number in the fertilizer, 153015, mm-hmm. is potash. Yes, it is. Is that right? Yep. What, what part of the plant benefits from that? What a great question. I'm sorry? Great question. Did, can you hear me? I, I didn't get what it was, actually. All right, so I'll tell you what. I'm going to answer your question, but you're going to hang up the phone and then turn up your radio. All right, I'll do that. All right, thanks. Thank you very much. Go ahead and and do that, and I'll just mention to everybody that asking what does the third thing in the fertilizer feed Mm -hmm. or, or encourage is a really good question. It's something that not many people know and and sort of get confused by. So just to be clear, there's three numbers when you buy fertilizer. Um, Mary mentioned 15, 30, 15. Mm -hmm. So the first number is nitrogen. The second number is phosphorus. And the third number is potash or potassium. So NPK are the chemical letters. So nitrogen, phosphorus, potassium. The a little rhyme to help anybody to remember what those different things um, do or feed. These are macro. These are essential nutrients for plants that we call the macronutrients because they're required in larger quantities than, say, the micronutrients like zinc and molybdenum and iron. And those things are required in tiny quantities. Nitrogen, phosphorus, potassium are required in quite large quantities. So NPK, what they feed or what they encourage. If you remember the first one, nitrogen feeds the up part of the plant, everything above ground that's green. So grass, for example, leaves, stems, um, lettuce, you know, leaves, celery, stems. So N feeds green, so the up part. P feeds and encourages root formation, so it's the down. So you've got up, down, and the K 
potassium is for all around health and vigor of plants. It also um, helps with color when it comes to flowers. You'll get brighter colors with appropriate levels of potassium. You'll have better flavor in the case of fruits and vegetables. So potassium is, is an all, it, it actually feeds the all around and supports the all around vigor of plants. So NPK, up, down, all around. Those are the three areas hmm. of the plant that are supported by the, those three macronutrients. Okay? That's my answer. <laughs> <laughs> okay. There, Mary, I'm waiting for a response. Where's she no, shut off? The, won't, yeah, she's won't on the radio at home there. <laughs> Hopefully the she's got that written down there. So Maybe NPK she's, up, down, all around. Maybe she has even tuned to Rogers Cable Channel 949. See, so getting us crystal clear. <laughs> Meantime, at 9.51, we have to take a little break here, Charlie, and right. uh, get a word from our, our lovely sponsors. God bless them all. Mm-hmm. And we'll be back to talk to our listeners. And in fact, we'll be chatting with uh, Jesse in Toronto right after these words. Need gardening advice? You've come to the right place. The AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, sponsored by Scott's, the makers of miracle Grow. And I'm Frank Proctor, the sous chef, uh, along with our uh, good friend and, uh, might I say, master gardener, Hmm. Charlie Dobbin. Thank you very much. Question coming in from uh, Jesse in Toronto. Very interesting plant, it sounds like to me. Uh, Let's let's have Jesse describe that. Hi, Jesse. Hi. Hi, Frank. And hi, Charlie. Good morning. Yes. Yes, I got some jasmine seeds. It's Mm -hmm. called uh, Stephanotis Mm -hmm. or Madagascar jasmine. Yes. And I would like to know when to plant it and how to look after it. So that somebody gave you these seeds or are they yeah, actually... I was in my country in Malta uh-huh. and I got it. They grow in a pod. Right. Yeah, and the pod then opens up and they are very light seed. Hmm. Yeah. Okay, so you know what? I have never planted this plant by, from seed. Uh-huh. Um, two things I can recommend. One is let me look this up and, and report back very specific information for next week. Mm-hmm. The other thing is think about what the natural conditions are that it gets in Malta. Oh, so, very hot. Very hot. hot. Humid. Exactly. <laughs> so the pods probably ripen on the plants. It did, and, yes. And, I, I put it in the balcony and it opened up. That's right. And it have like white fluff attached to the seed. That's right. Because so it, it can fly. That <laughs> Stephanotis is a member of the Asclepius family, which um, butterfly weed, milkweed, you know, milkweed, that's the one with all oh, those yeah. pods that open and then those fluffy things disperse. Yes. yes. It's the same family. I so, see. So, so each little piece of fluff has a seed attached to it. Yes. So you've got a little envelope full of the, the fluff and the seeds. Exactly. <laughs> now, naturally, those would blow through the air they would land on the surface of the soil. Uh, I'm just thinking about milkweed, for example. And then it would, in our country here in Ontario, it, those seeds would sit on the surface of the soil right through the fall, right through the winter, and then would germinate in the spring. Oh, you don't cover them? No, because they're... They're so, yes. They're so tiny dark, seeds. Light. Exactly. And so just trying to think of how they would naturally grow. So taking it back to Malta, probably same thing. There's a, the, the fluff would... Once they mature and the fluff emerges from the pod, the wind carries these tiny seeds. They drop. They sit on the the ground until conditions are right for the seeds to germinate. So moisture, uh, no, do not need to cover the seeds. uh, And it's going to be warmth, probably high humidity, um, nice, probably good fertile soil and consistent moisture. But leave it with me and I will I'll look that up for you and report. 
for next week? If you have to week? take a cutting, would it have to be woody or green? Usually you'll have your best success with green cuttings rather than woody cuttings. Yeah, because I cut some, they were woody, and I threw them out. Yeah, they probably they just sat everywhere there. everywhere in Malta. Yeah, I know. And so there's so many kinds of jasmine, not just one kind. No, and this is actually not even jasmine. It's stephanotis, but very fragrant, right? Yes, because I used to go for a walk in the evening, mm. and the smell was wonderful. Oh, no kidding. <laughs> so, and so th- I mean, they want in your home the same conditions they get outside in Malta, so they love the heat. Uh-huh. They love the humidity, uh, and those are the kinds of things you're going to have to try and, and make happen in whatever room you're going to try and grow these in your home, okay? So I listen to you next Saturday? Next Saturday, I'll give you the update and the details on how to pro- propagate from seed yeah. Madagascar jasmine. Oh, okay, thank you, Charlie. You're very welcome. Thank you very much for that. Uh, gee, uh, I was th- Madagascar jasmine, and then I, I was listening to the Happy Gang, you know, our morning crew, uh, last Friday, I guess, and uh, John Gallagher was talking about a nice little piece of fluff, and I, I don't think there's... <laughs> a connection. Uh, no, I don't think... So, I don't somehow, think so. no. somehow, no. no. Knowing no. John, no, no, that wouldn't be it. I think you're right. Anyway, do we have time for another call here, or are we pushed to the limit? Uh, I think we're pushed to the limit. Oh, Why don't I dear. share with you an email that I received? I've had some emails about a cinch bug. Cinch bug oh, is... Oh, um, I couldn't wait. Let's... <laughs> You're so funny. <laughs> Clearly, you live in an apartment. Uh, those of us that have lawns are quite familiar with chinch or cinch bug. Uh, <laughs> they wreak havoc on the lawns. A couple of emails, people looking for solutions uh, with our pesticide ban and with no um, ability to utilize the big guns that we used to be able to spray on our lawns. There is some frustration. Uh, one of the one of our emails came from. Let's see. Anyway, I'm just trying to find a name. Anita, sorry. It was Anita who sent it. It was all about a problem with the lawn getting chewed up. She tried what was available in the way of insecticides, Mm -hmm. had no um, success, and then decided to try a really funny concoction of detergent and alcohol and water and seems to think after spraying once every three days for two weeks she might actually be successful. I responded to her that I'm not a big fan of homemade recipes for insect or disease control because there's just too many variables when you make those recipes. So if she's having some success with her alcohol uh, rubbing alcohol, isopropanol, this is toxic to plants and bugs. So, yes, it could kill the bugs, but also the plants. Detergent will not kill anything. It'll just give everybody a nice clean wash off. And water, which is actually probably really working mm-hmm. for her. If you have cinch bug, the best thing to do is irrigate. Irrigate, irrigate, irrigate. Plan to reseed, you know, top dress and overseed in the next couple of weeks when things cool down. There's really nothing else you can do to control cinch bug, I'm afraid to say. Yeah. Um, but, but you know, cer- certainly worth it. Just turn on the water and save the detergent and the rubbing alcohol for something else. <laughs> oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, sage advice once again mm. from our little uh, glorious gladioli. Uh, uh, <laughs> Will you stop my little Brugenzia? Char- Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Frank Proctor, Charlie Dobbin. Hey, uh, we're going to come back and do this all over again next week. We but will, but you're We'll here. say different things, of course. We'll you know, try. Yeah. And, but uh, you're here for a couple hours, I believe. Yeah, I've got some uh, really fabulous guests to introduce the folks to. For instance, uh, about 11.15 this morning, I'm going to be talking to Jason Howard, 
who uh, is in the national tour of Rogers and Hammerstein's South Pacific, mm. playing here in town, and he plays Emile Debec, you know, like a some enchanted evening. You, I've got a clip of him singing, God, oh, yeah, gorgeous yeah. voice. Well, we'll talk to him. I was going to say, and you're not allowed to sing along, okay? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, was that a smackdown? Okay, thank you thank very much, Charlie. Thank you very much, Frank. And to the ladies Dana, in the next room. Grace. Yep, Thanks, thank gals. you. Thank you, gals, indeed. And thank you to all our great callers. Wonderful to hear from you and hear some some what's going on in your gardens. Okay, I'll see you after Bob Shepard in the news. And I'll see you next week. Okay. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.